Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine, Work, and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. In past episodes, we talked about what it takes to find a job working for a distributor. But in today's episode, we take it a step further and help you understand what you can expect once you actually get the job. You'll meet my friend, Bailey Jins from Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. She started off in a sales role and has worked her way up to becoming a talent cultivation manager. Bailey not only helps employees get started in their new job, but she also helps them grow their careers. We'll talk about everything from onboarding to skills training and leadership development. After this episode, you'll have a 360 degree picture of what life is like working for the largest distributor in the country. And it'll help you decide if this is a good direction for you to go in. As always, be sure to stay tuned until the end when Bailey and I will point you in the right direction to help you find your way into the wine industry and flourish in it. Hi, Bailey. How are you today? Hi, Karen. Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for being with me. I appreciate it. Um, Can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? Yes, absolutely. My name is Bailey I've been with Southern Glaciers for uh, seven years now. I'm located here in Dallas, Texas, and I am the talent cultivation manager for our dedicated Atlantic division. Wow. I think there's a lot of people online that want their talent cultivated into a great wine job. So (laughs) let's see if we can help them out today. So, um, Tell the audience, um, yeah, happy, always happy to have you on the show. I'm, I love to bring these type of more unusual positions to the audience because nobody even knows they exist in most cases. Can you tell us about your journey, how you, um, so I guess, let me back up a second. Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits is the largest, right? The largest yes. beer yes. and wine and spirits distributor uh, in the country. Um, yes. How many states are you guys in now? We are in 44 states. We're in Washington, D.C., and we also um, are in Canada. Oh, I didn't know you were in Canada, too. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my coaching clients, I talk to them, they want to get into distributor work. And I always tell them, you know, look for the big guys because, you know, somebody big like a Southern Glazers Wine yeah. Spirits because it's got stability. It has great benefits. It's a, yes. you know, and we'll talk more about it, but, uh, but this is why it was important for me to invite someone like yourself on the show, um, because it really showcases what a large distributor can offer like a talent development department. Yes. That small distributors, you know, basically they give you a notepad and a list of accounts to go see and send you on your way. You guys actually have tools that can be used. So yes. anyway, just one of the audience. Yeah. Just wanted the audience to know why why we chose to have you on the show and showcase what you guys do. So in any case, talk about your wine journey. You didn't start at Southern Glazers, I'm sure. So where did how did you end up here? Where did you start? Yeah, so I actually um, am from a very small town in uh, Oklahoma, and I had gotten my uh, associate's degrees in a, a small community college in Kansas. 
And then I transferred to Oklahoma State University where uh, I received my hotel and restaurant administration degree in December of 2014. And that's where I uh, was able to meet Glazier's distributors. Uh, and I know we, I think both worked for them. Um, yeah, uh, I, I got to meet them at a career fair uh, as a student. And so I went through their interview process and then was offered a position uh, of a sales consultant job in uh, here in, in Dallas. And then uh, since I've been with Glaciers, we actually you know, merged uh, with Southern Wine and Spirits. So that's hence of why we're Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits now in uh, the year of 2016. And at that time, I uh, had been promoted to an on-premise sales consultant. So I was focusing on restaurants, bars, you know, nightclubs, uh, focusing on wine menus, etc. And then um, in 2017, I was uh, interested, right, in other opportunities within the organization. And that's when a college recruitment role came available. So I joined the college recruitment team in 2017 and, and focused on building relationships with colleges and universities, got to focus on marketing and how, you know, we kind of kind of showcased ourselves, right, to our uh, campuses and, and the students that are coming from them. And then in 2018, I was promoted to the university relations lead. And that really was more of just the, the manager position. So I got to develop, you know, a team. I had the opportunity to really focus on strategy and um, how we're recruiting the talent. So what do we look like on campus? Is it the same uh, experience that re they're receiving in California than it is in um, Texas or Florida. Uh, and then about two years in 2020, I said, uh, I just kind of want to get out of my comfort zone. So I put my name in the hat for a program man manager position with our strategy, innovation, and operations team that falls underneath HR. And it really focused on reporting. So a lot of data analysis. It was a, a lot of back of house but what was very unique about the position was that I had the opportunity to build relationships with many of our suppliers. Uh, so, and, and it was really about how we got their education, you know, into our learning management system so that our employees, Southern Glaciers employees could learn more about uh, those supplier brands. And so what was your title for that role? It was um, product and brand education manager. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, I think, you know, leading us up into my current title of talent cultivation manager, uh, I work specifically with our Atlantic division. And really what that is, is we are a dedicated division. So we uh, really only sell constellations portfolios. So your Mayomis, your Kim Crawfords, uh, your Svedkas. And I'm a little familiar with those. Oh, you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you know, kind of, I guess, from all of the experience that I've been able to have, you know, coming up into this role, I get to, you know, develop relationships across the board, uh, across our two companies between, you know, Constellation Brands and Southern Glaciers, uh, but also, right, um, be able to really hyper-focus on building capabilities uh, for our employees and by providing programs that focus on career pathing or onboarding or leadership development uh, or even brand education. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to be in, in uh, the team that I'm on and, 
And obviously working for Southern Glaciers, that's given me the opportunities and to do this. Okay, that's great. And that's a, there's a lot I want to unpack here. Because <laughs> yes. This is, you know, you mentioned so many, I mean, your career is great because you have constantly made advancements, some small, some large, but you've moved, you know, you're not afraid of change, which I love. And honestly, that to me was always when I was in the distributor network and I was with Glazers before it became Southern Glazers. Yes. Um, but I always knew that you have to be very nimble and you have to be open to new opportunities, whether, you know, if you're already in the industry or if you're trying to get in the industry, you know, you might want to be a sales rep, but there might be other roles that are appropriate. And, uh, and so I kind of want to unpack that. Um, so, you know, you started off as a sales consultant or a site, what did you call it? A sales? Yeah. A sales consultant. You did. Okay. So that's a sales rep calling on accounts. Yes. And then you mentioned you moved over to the on-premise division. So I always like to clarify when we use internal industry lingo, that on-premise means you're selling to places that where the ultimate consumer consumes the product on the premises, meaning yes. restaurants, hotels, as opposed to off-premise, which would be like a retailer where the consumer takes it and goes home. Correct. Or, or a picnic. Or Correct. Something. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of... Yeah, and I started in the off-premise sector. You know, directly coming from yeah, directly coming from college, uh, started in off-premise and then went to on-premise. So, yeah. and they are vastly different. So they I are. I, that. I took the opposite path. I started on and I moved yeah. off. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I was selling Gallo, and that's oh, where the yeah. money was. This is before Gallo had all these other great brands. But at the time, if you you know if you're selling Gallo you'd want to be retail because that's where the volume was. So anyway, I did kind of the, the opposite. So when you moved over um, to the recruiting team, well, first of all, when you got your job as a sales consultant, did you have sales experience or did your college degree set you up for that or it just yeah. happened? You no, know, great question. I actually had no sales experience. And uh, to be honest, I always had told myself just, you know, young Bailey, as uh, one of the career paths that you probably will never go in is sales, right? <laughs> and um, I just uh, remember meeting uh, the Glacier's recruiters and, you know, some of the managers that they brought to campus. And they said, well, you know, what do you currently do? And I said, well, I, I bartend, right? I'm a bartender. I work at a restaurant. I've been, you know, I've worked at a restaurant since I was 15. So, uh, and they said, well, you know, what, what if I told you that it's all about building relationships and, you know, and you currently do that as a bartender, don't you? And I remember, you know, sitting there and I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. I, I do do that. And they were yeah. like, that's what, that's what, you know, our sales looks like uh, here at Glaciers. And, you know, we care more about building the relationship with people than, and, and if, if we build the relationship, the sales will come. And it, it gave me like an entirely different view on what's, what selling was. And so, yes, I definitely took a, a big risk, got out of my comfort zone, and uh, and started on the sales journey um, that uh, originally I said I probably would never do. <laughs> yeah, and it's really funny. I also came out of the restaurant industry, and um, and and I tell people all the time if you've got a, a restaurant background or hotel, or you know if you're if you're working a hotel front desk, 
Mm-hmm. You're selling, you're selling your brand. You're, you're selling, if you work for the Marriott, you know, every time you check into a Marriott, they thank you for coming and they make yes. you feel like you're part of the family. And in the restaurant business, you know, you're bartending, you're probably saying, well, what kind of vodka would you like? Would you like me to, yeah. you know, something a little nicer than in our well? You know, we, we as human beings are constantly selling. Absolutely. And when you tell someone, you know, why don't you think about sales? They sort of have this image in their mind sometimes of like mm-hmm. a used car salesman. Oh, but no, no offense, by the way, to used car salesman who might be listening, but they right. kind of have this, you know, cartoon character image in their mind of what sales is like. And it's really not true. When I was in sales, I managed uh, 36 salespeople. And none, of, no two of them were alike. They were all, some were very outgoing, yep. some were very quiet and very, you know, introverted, yet they found ways to comfortably connect with people. And you're right. If you connect with people, you don't have to ask for the order. It just, it just happens comes. naturally. Yeah. It really you, does. Yeah. You bring up a really good point because uh, that's how I had imagined it, right? I, like I had mentioned, young Bailey, thinking about what sales looked like was, um, uh, it was very like aggressive, right? And, right. Uh, you, you know, there, there wasn't really any room for a relationship. And once you got the sale, you were like, okay, bye. And um, that's not how it's set up, right? <laughs> and so right. it really does have you know, gives you the opportunity to build really amazing relationships with people. And so um, it really helped me just get integrated into Texas. I had never even really left the state of, you know, Oklahoma besides going to college in Kansas. But so it was, it was, yeah, a really great experience. Yeah. And when you're in sales, if you decide to stay in sales, Mm -hmm. you can end up calling on the same people for, I mean, I have, I called on people for 18 years that, I knew for all, I mean, I watched their kids grow up and get, you know, and their kids get married and have kids. And, right. you know, I had a couple of my clients fix me up on dates and you know, <laughs> stuff back right. in the day <laughs> uh, when I was still dating material anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, so sales can be a good avenue. I wanted to just sort of chat about that for a quick second. And then you went from sales to recruiting yes. at colleges. Now, how, yes. what, how did it happen? And did you have credentials or any kind of experience that got you that job? I had uh, zero experience. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, in most of the roles that I've had, um, I've had zero experience. But I, I think it just, you know, if you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to, just like you had mentioned, get outside of your comfort zone and learn new skills, then you can be highly successful, you know, in whatever you're doing. And one of the biggest selling points why I chose Southern Glaciers in college was, uh, you know, when they're on campus and they're talking to students and they're saying, hey, you know, one thing that's great about this organization is, you know, we want you to have as many roles as possible. We want you to, you know, if you want to go and pursue finance for a couple of years or go to operations, you know, we have that and we highly encourage it. And so uh, I said, well, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. (laughs) You know, I want to be able to have as many positions as possible. So for going from sales to recruiting, I had always uh, still kind of volunteered to help out uh, with uh, mentoring and, you know, talking to the new college graduates. And so I just kind of kept those relationships alive with the college recruitment team. And when a role came available, uh, I talked with my area manager at the time that said, Hey, you know, I'm kind of interested in putting my name in the hat for it. And she was like, do it. You know, they only come up 
once in a lifetime, right? So, um, you know, go ahead and put your name in the hat. And I, I did and was uh, received the job and uh, yeah, was able to start learning about recruiting and, and what that meant for, for recruiting from colleges and universities, because it's can be vastly different. And uh, yeah, so no experience, but yeah. it was definitely a great ride. Yeah. And again, it's a good testimony to large, large organizations, whether you're selling wine or anything else, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to work for the man, you know, the big corporate right. guy. Let me tell you something about the man. You can do very well. They pay better. And like I said, they're, they're just, there's so many more opportunities. The bigger the company, the more opportunities there Absolutely. are. So, you yeah. know, everybody wants the boutique. No, it's, I mean, yes, that's great if you can do it, but, uh, but if, you know, if you need to make a good living, if you want to have a, a diverse career like you've had, you kind of have to be with somebody at least mid to large right. size. That so from, from there, let's see, from the recruiting, then you went into the produ- the production and brand management, brand product. education? Yeah, product. 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 I have my notes in shorthand. <laughs> product and brand management or uh-huh. brand education management, right? Yes. And um, like I had mentioned, I was... I had done college recruitment at, at that point, you know, going from being the national college recruiter to really the manager role. I'd been in college recruitment for about three, three and a half years. And um, like I said, like I said, I was like, oh, I just kind of, you know, want to push myself into doing something that's um, not in my new norm. And so that role had come available and I put my name, like I said, put my name back in, in the hat uh, just to do something that was, uh, yeah, outside of the norm. And uh, I was very lucky to receive that role. And, and like I had mentioned, was able to build relationships with many of our suppliers. Uh, and really, that was the first time that I got to step into more of the education space and how important it is not only to Southern Glaciers, but also to our suppliers that, you know, they have the, uh, that our sales consultants or even just employees have the knowledge about the brands that we represent. And so um, I did a lot of the technology behind the, the scenes as well. So I hadn't had a role that was very technically driven, like technical driven and was able to do that there as well. So I learned so many skills about, you know, analyzing data, um, about, uh, you know, the back ends of some of our systems. Uh, so it wasn't very, you know, front, front facing or forward facing. It was a, a role that was very uh, technical, uh, yeah. but, but, you know, to set me up into what I'm doing now, it it's, was such a value add. Yeah, I, I want to elaborate a little bit on that. And this is an area I do know a little bit about. So um, <laughs> so people kind of understand the flow of what that role, you know, if you're working with product and brand education, basically suppliers, those that's the group or the, the person or the, the company or the group that owns the wine brands, like we'll talk right. about wine, right. well, owns the brands and the supplier will provide all kinds of educational tools to a distributor like a Southern Glazers. Could be written information, could be podcasts, could be uh, video brand education modules or videos that are delivered to the distributors. The reason I know this is that was my last role with Constellation. And you you mentioned a lot of my brands, Robert Mazzavi and Naomi, and I wrote all those brand modules. (laughs) I didn't design them. We worked with the design company, but that was my role. And then off they went to you. Yes. And then you put them in your system and then you require 
the sales people that will touch those products are required to go through that. And you're analyzing the data to make sure you're tracking to make sure the people who are supposed to be watching those videos are watching them and that they're, you know, so that they're armed and empowered to go out and talk about those brands in a way that they don't have to go looking, oh, I better go look up this brand online and find out something. No, no, it gets hand-delivered from a supplier like a Constellation to a distributor like a Southern Glazers. So you and I cross paths virtually without even knowing it. Without knowing it. In fact, my my friend Bree, our our mutual friend Bree Bree Gist, in fact, she's coming here this weekend. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see her. She's great. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'll tell her for sure. Um, But uh, she has told me that most of my brand modules are still alive and well. (laughs) They're probably the ones that we have on our learning management system and people are getting enrolled in. (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure they are. (laughs) Um, So I just want, you know, so if you and, and that's a role that, you know, you grew into, but it's also a role that can be fulfilled with somebody who has maybe, um, maybe they've worked for a Procter and Gamble. And I mean, every company, big company has training modules or training systems. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, a lot of times you're working in a part of an industry that can, that can just as easily translate to wine. If you're an attorney, you can become a wine attorney, you know, or whatever it is, an accountant. I mean, we need accountants, we need lawyers, we need finance, we need people with the technical skills. Yeah. And, and, you know, in that product and brand education role, um, uh, and, you know, another reason why I, I love the company I work for is, you know, they they gave me resources into being more successful into what I was doing. Right. So I was able to become certified as an in- instructional designer. So was able to, you know, learn how to actually create e-learnings and, you know, build out those e-learnings um, and like I said, and then know how to uh, get that out to our employee population. And so, you know, it's not that I would just be enrolling, uh, you know, 30 people into a brand webinar, you know, we're talking about thousands of employees, right, that would be taking these brand education. So I had the the opportunity in that role. um, At that time, Southern Glaciers, we uh, were just now kind of expanding into the CBD area. And so I was able to actually build the e-learnings that are now on the platform that were really the introduction about CBD and what it is and and all right. of that. So it was a very, like I said, very cool, very cool role. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And so you probably worked. Did you know Kyle Neff? Yes. You know- yes, we work. We work. Uh, we we send emails constantly. <laughs> Kyle was my back, my back of the house guy. He was my technical guy when we were designing the brand modules. Yes, well, we we Uh, most of our conversations are technical. (laughs) But but yes, he's he's great, and um, you know, such a great such a great partner. Yeah, and and you know, beyond what the supplier is handing you for education to put in your systems, you guys also design your own educational, Correct. you know, ten steps to a sales call or whatever you call it. Everybody's got yeah, a name yeah. for it now. Now it's the uh, SG sales process, but uh, but yes, we have um, we we have in- internal instructional designers that you know build out those e learnings or curriculum. Um, you know, to educate our employees, absolutely. So so it's kind of nice, right? Our employees. Uh, get to, you know, 
gain knowledge around the brands that we represent, but we, our internal teams are, you know, focused on also just their, you know, capabilities, their knowledge of leadership or their, you know, advancing their skills. So they're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. And, you know, that's really important when we're talking about, you know, potentially applying for a job that maybe you don't have a lot of like sales, for instance, you don't have sales experience, but you think, you know, you might be, it might be a good role for you. You know, they're not, again, they're not just going to hire you and hand you a notepad or an order pad and off you go. You know, um, there are lots of training and onboarding that happens that, you know, not just about what wine is, Um, but also how to make a sales call, how to, how to work with your accounts, where the bathroom is, what the processes you have to know are, what your benefits are. All of those things are now really have become so much more formalized. I mean, literally, I mean, I was in the distributor back in the, I don't want to admit it, but in the the late eighties and through the nineties and, um, actually even into the 2000s, but a long time. But, you yeah. know, back then you did just get a, 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 in fact, we didn't even have, I'll tell you how a funny story real quick. So we didn't even, they didn't even hand me an order sheet. What they used to do, this was a small distributor that had just been bought by a larger one before Glazers. Um, it ultimately became Glazers. But in the early days, they would take all of the, um, anything that came out of the copy machine that they no longer needed they would cut it into like half sheets and staple a group of them together. So one side was just mishmash of whatever they were discarding and the other side was blank. So we'd use the blank side to write our orders down. <laughs> Basically so scratch paper. So, so much more advanced now. Um, We've come know, a long yeah. way, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now you get the little... We had telsons for a while, but now you get your sales rep have like iPads and, and we've got, yeah, we've got iPads and, um, you know, we've got, uh, uh, SG proof, which is really, um, a way that you can see an analytics and, you know, the revenue that's going into your stores. I mean, it help, really helps you plan out your business. Uh, we, you know, and you've got your, you know, you've got your account list in there. You've got your ordering right. systems. Um, and what's and their history, the history of the account, Absolutely. anything you can see any of that. Um, and then, you know, you brought up onboarding and, uh, you know, that's one thing that, you know, we're hyper, hyper focused on, you know, for, as the Atlantic division, as Southern glaciers. And so, you know, when let's say a new sales consultant or maybe even a new, you know, a uh, person that's joining our warehouse or in HR, uh, you know, they go through a session called We Are Family, and it's really about you getting acclimated to the organization. And then, you know, we have um, your managers uh, all give out 30, 60, 90 day plans. And so we're, you know, we're really uh, trying to focus on that onboarding experience so that uh, all of our new employees get the resources that they need to be successful within their role. Mm-hmm. It's expensive to hire new people and you want to make sure that when you do hire them, that they stick around and that, you know, that it's a, a good hire to begin with, but also that you're giving them, like you say, give them the tools to be successful, not so much to monitor them or tell them everything they're doing wrong, but to help them, you know, get assimilated into the system and, and be able to go out and do what you hired them to do, whether it's like you say, sales or HR or finance or, you know, so many so many different divisions. Mm -hmm. So that leads us pretty much. So pretty much to the job you have now, you're a cultivation manager. And you, before we go into exactly what that is, 
you had said that you focus on the Constellation portfolio. Constellation is a big supplier. They own a lot of brands. We mentioned them, Mayomi and Robert Mondavi and all that. Um, but so there's people, you're a very large distributor. So there are people that have your exact role that focus on other suppliers, like maybe a Gallo or a Treasury Wine Estates, or I'm not sure exactly your portfolio. But right, right. So you're just one, uh, you focus on one team, but there's other people that do what you do that focus on other groups of salespeople that focus on different products, correct? Correct, correct. So we do have other uh uh, dedicated teams, right? Um, one would be, you know, Coastal um, Pacific Wine and Spirits, which is uh, really the focus is on like the Diageo portfolio. And so they've got talent development managers. Right. Um, they've got HR resources. Yeah, that are, are dedicated uh, specifically to those teams. And then and then same for, you know, everybody else. Yeah. So, every, so the, everybody who comes in gets a certain amount of just sort of broad-based uh, development, you know, training, mm-hmm. understanding the company you mentioned and all that, but then they get more focus, laser focus on the actual specific products that they'll be selling. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, um, for a prime example, right. We've, we've got educational, um, uh, tools, uh, for example, maybe fundamentals of wine, right. Or fundamentals of spirits. And so that is enterprise wide. So it doesn't matter what role that you go into, right? It could be just like you said, you might be in a role where you never go and sell a brand, right? But you can get the education because that's who we're working for. Uh, And then from the dedicated standpoint, you'll find um, more brand specific education, right? To the portfolio that you are actually selling or responsible for. Um, Yep. And then, you know, even outside of just brand education, uh, I kind of mentioned or alluded to it earlier was, um, you know, we have an entire team that focuses on uh, leadership, right? And making sure that uh, employees are getting the tools to be successful. For example, maybe a sales consultant is on the verge of being promoted to a manager of people. And so we have, you know, a self-guided program that's called preparing to lead, right? So it gives you kind of the knowledge and how to manage people um, or manage others without directly managing them yet uh, or before you get the role. And then, you know, we also have developmental programs that once you do become a new leader, we've got new, new leaders program uh, once you become a you know a director, you have advanced leaders program, and you know we go all the way up into our executive leadership program. So there are tons of resources. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll tell you that, that, that dive into today. <laughs> yeah, and that leadership development it's so hugely important. And, and you know, again, just because of the era that I sort of came up in, there was nothing like that, and it was very common that a sales rep, well, if he's there long enough and he sold, you know, he did a good mm-hmm. job with the sales, will ultimately eventually make him a manager. Well, first of all, just because you're good at sales doesn't mean you're good at managing people. Correct. And you know, like even myself, I eventually did get promoted several different times and little promotions along the way, ultimately became a director, never got any training on it. It was like, here's a new title. Here's what you're responsible for. Go figure it out. (laughs) And let me tell you, it was very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, And looking back on that experience, you know, had those tools been available, I mean, nobody thought about that back then, you know, Mm -hmm. just wasn't, wasn't done, but uh, had those tools been available to me, my whole experience would have been, you know, just 
completely different. Just because you give someone a title doesn't mean they know how to do it. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's really about focusing on, on those skill sets, right? And, and right. even for a, a brand new manager, you're, you're so right. There, there are some people who um, have the passion for managing people and, mm-hmm. or developing others. And so, uh, and it's such an important role, right? Because, you know, if, if people don't like their manager <laughs> or don't know how to work with them, you know, it's, it's probably one of the, the highest reasons why people leave, leave an organization. And so, um, you know, being able to provide them with resources and how to influence and how to tackle tough conversations and how to, you know, uh, develop your team is very important. And so I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm glad that we're, we're able to provide those to our employees. So, um, and then, you know, and, and you had brought up my current role, the, with being the talent cultivation manager, that's, that's really what uh, I do in a portion of my role is, you know, ensure that our employees are getting the education that they need. So if they are a brand new manager, that they are, you know, being enrolled or that they are taking the leadership to programs that will make them a, you know, a better manager, a better leader of people. Um, It's also about, you know, when an employee first even starts with us, that they are going through an onboarding program so that they have the resources to be successful, right? Um, It could be about career pathing. Many people don't realize all of the roles that we have available. Just like you said, of being in a large distributor, you have all of these different departments. And so it's nice to be able to have individual coaching conversations with people or provide resources to help them, you know, career path and, and be strategic and where they want to end up, you know, and hopefully, you know, when they retire with the organization. Right. Right. Now, do you, do you, I'm assuming from what it sounds like Southern Glazers is, really focused on internal on promoting from within mm-hmm. but do you also hire in roles outside of southern glazers but maybe even outside the wine industry absolutely absolutely so you know many of our we do have prime example right we do have a um an it department we call them etp enterprise technology partners here in southern glaciers but um you know many of those roles uh are needing to be filled by external you know someone who's external that has the skill set right um same with finance or pricing um revenue management with hr right um uh, a lot of we offer you mentioned you mentioned sales a lot of times you're not yeah, they're coming from, they have to come from outside because that's sort of the entry level role. So they're probably coming from outside the wine industry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, correct. And, and you're right. We we do heavily promote from within. However, that's not a bad thing, right? It just oh, means, wow. so it's a, it's a really great thing, uh, like I said, to work for an organization that recognizes their internal talent and says, hey, if if they have the willingness to learn, um, they're great at their job, amazing work ethic, right? I mean, we could teach them and how to do this new role, or we can, you know, give them the resource. We, you know, it, it, like I had mentioned, it's, it's nice uh, to know, right. That I work for an organization that doesn't really shut the door. If you don't have something on your resume or a credential or a degree in a specific area. Yeah. I always, you know, um, when I 
work with my coaching clients, I tell, we always talk about this and I, I bring it up almost every podcast because it's true. You know, one of the things I tell my clients is go out and, you know, look at job descriptions, you know, go mm-hmm. on winejobs.com or go to the glaze to the Sun Glazers career board or wherever, look at job descriptions and look at the qualifications, but don't look at that list of qualifications and say, well, I don't have one of those. I, or I don't have half of them, I'm not going to apply for the job. Don't ever let a job description stand in your way of applying for a job you want, because that's the wish list. That's the unicorn they're looking for. And no one fulfills every one of those boxes. Right. You know, if, if I would have let that get in my way, boy, I w- wouldn't be sitting here in front of this microphone. I, can, yeah. I promise you that. Right. No, I mean, you bring up a really great point and, um, you know, not to you know, not that everybody doesn't struggle uh, with kind of getting intimidated by a, a job description, but uh, but just in some of the research that I've seen, right, is that it does primarily happen, you know, with women, right? Is that we try and uh, go to that job description. And if we look at, you know, uh, 90% of what's on there and we're like, well, we haven't met, you know, all of those right. uh, criteria, then like we shouldn't put our name in the hat. And, um and how I always looked at it and when I you know, spoke to students was <clears throat> you have the job description, but you need to have room for you to grow within that role. So if you have the base skill set where you can right, get into the role and still have room to develop and grow, then it's the right role. It's, it's a good role for you, right? Um, if you were to meet all of the criteria on that job description, then I would say, hey, well, it seems like you already have the knowledge and skill set to do it. Great. Where would you have the room to actually develop and grow yourself? So, you know, don't, so just to your point, yeah, don't get um, intimidated by what's on the job description. However, there are, there are uh, specialized skill sets that (laughs) we do need. That's right. But um, if you're going to hire an attorney, they actually have to be an attorney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. Well, you know, a good example of that, and I say this only to hopefully inspire others, when I was with a supplier and I was in sales and I'd been in sales my whole life and I, you know, everybody thought I was just a salesperson, which nothing wrong with being a salesperson. Um, but I really would had always dreamed of being in education and a position on the education team came open and I looked at the description and it said that I needed to have my WSET diploma. I had mm-hmm. not one credential. I didn't even have level one. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't submit for it. And I ran into a guy on the team a little bit later and he said, how come you didn't submit your resume? Because they all knew I loved education. I used to use the education team to help me right. sell all the time. And I'm like, well, I don't have my diploma. And he says, just throw your hat in the ring. And so I did. And I got a call from the vice president of education. And he said, well, the only, he goes, A, I wish I'd have known I'd have tapped you on the shoulder. I wish I knew you were interested. I really just thought you were just in love with sales. And I said, well, I'm ready for a change. He said, well, unfortunately, I've gotten pretty far down the line with a couple of candidates. So you're a little late, but I think one of our people might be retiring next year. So now that I know, I'll make sure you know before we post. They have to post it anyway, but they give me a heads up. Two weeks later, he calls me and he says, well, both of those guys bombed out and we want you to interview. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't have my diploma. So we sat down and we talked about it. And he said, and I had just started studying for my level three. I didn't even bother with one or two, only because I'd been in the industry for right, you know, right. Like almost 30 years. And uh, he said, I'll make you a deal. 
we'll, and they offered me the job and he said, but, but you have to commit to finishing your level three, which I passed like the next week and you have to commit to getting your diploma. And so I I took the job. I did commit. I got almost done with my diploma (laughs) before I semi-retired from that company and came over to work for the Napa Valley Wine Academy. So I have one more unit for diploma. We'll see if I get it. But yeah, and I'll I'll let you in on a little secret, Karen. I do not have my wine education certifications, right? I don't, I don't have, yeah, I don't have WSAT um, or CSW. Uh, uh, I didn't have it when I um, first started the organization, you know, seven years ago. Uh, But I uh, was kind of joking around with our, uh, you know, our senior leader who leads the Atlantic division was like, I really want to uh, become certified, right? Whether that's level one, level two, level three, um, I really want to focus on that in 2022. But I I only say that in um, that I, I didn't get it when I was a sales consultant, right? And I still was able to do, you know, my job um, right. and the same thing within any of these back of house positions. And now that I do report into HR, it's still amazing that I'm able to pursue uh, uh, something that's focused on wine education, you know, or spirits education. And, you know, I have no direct selling power over the brand. So we allow all employees to take, you know, and become certified in the education, um, whether that's WSET or CSW or intro to SOM or yeah. some okay. and, and you guys, you guys offer that internally, right? We do. We do. And it's, it's complimentary. Yeah. Cause you know, here at the Napa Valley Wine Academy, of course, we're the largest WSET provider in the world, <laughs> except mm-hmm. for London. Um, and, but we have, we have collaborated with you guys mm-hmm. on the, so for those people who might not know what WSET is, it's the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. It's, um, it's a certification program. There's four levels and it's really kind of become the benchmark for the wine industry. There's also CSW certified, uh, CSW certified specialist of wine, right? Uh Uh, I don't have that one. Uh, There's (laughs) CWE, there's LMNOP, there's all of them. And then of course the quartermaster sommelier. So there's lots of different certifications. Um, As you said, Bailey, it's not required. I didn't have my, I'd been in the industry for eight, for more than 18 years, for Mm -hmm. 26 years before I got certified. Mm -hmm. I was in my fifties when I got certified, for goodness sake. But I will say, if you're looking to get in the industry, it's not required. In fact, people think here in Napa that everybody working at the wineries have it. Very few of them do. But it does give you a bit of a leg up. It, it, if nothing else, it shows that you're passionate about wine, especially if you have no wine experience. Um, it can, you know, it can move your resume up the ladder a little more than it might without, you know, because, you, you know, hunting for a job is competitive. So it gives you a little <laughs> very, bit of a competitive. Yeah, very competitive. And, and you know, and yes, to your to your point, um, was not, it, it, it's not mandatory, right, from, you know, a Southern Glacier from Southern Glacier's perspective, it is not mandatory for any of our employees to go through it. It is highly encouraged, right? And um, I think it just comes down to that you have the knowledge, right? Um, knowing an appellation or, you know, knowing right. terroir or anything like that is very important um, to, you know, understanding the portfolio and understanding the brands that you sell and the regions that they come from. Well, and it shows that, you know, someone like a Southern Glazers values that because they offer it, right? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. It is. We offer it as a, as 
of you know free service, right? And yeah. in any of our certification programs. So and those, and those are not cheap courses. They are not. <laughs> so, so well, good. Okay, so. Um, Tell us how listeners can learn. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm excited about what you've told us today. And if I were a little younger, I'd go back to Glazers after hearing about <laughs> what you're into now that all these systems are in place. But um, tell the audience how, if somebody's interested in working for Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, what's the best way to do it? Yeah. So um, I would recommend maybe just starting with uh, learning more about Southern Glaciers. I know that um, there, you know, there might be some listeners out there that, uh, have never heard about a wholesaler, right, or a distributor. Right. Um, many, it, it was always funny in college that um, I would joke around, you know, that hey, do you know, uh, do you know the brand Kim Crawford? Do you know Hennessy? Do you know Syrah? And everybody would raise their hand and be like, absolutely, like I know those brands. And I'm like, okay, well, they're at a they're at an account because we brought it to you, right? Or we brought it to the account. And so, in, in, anyways, right? I, I would suggest just doing some uh, some research about us at, um, on our website at southernglaciers.com. Uh, you know, learn about what we offer, the states that we cover, but there's so much more on there as well, right? There's um, our entire diversity inclusion page and how you know you can be involved in our different employee resource groups. Um, there's uh, ways that we talk about sustainability and um, how we give back to our communities. So just understanding who we are as a company in a whole and our family values is um, is very important. And then if they're wanting to pursue a career, they can go to careers.southernglaciers.com and um, look through all of our job postings. Uh, whether you're a student who is looking for an internship, those will be posted. Uh, and uh, if you're looking for something that's in finance, those will all be posted as well or sales. Uh, in the areas that you're looking for um, or the states that you're looking for, uh, you can go to that website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put the website in the podcast show notes underneath, okay. you know, when you, when you look on the, on Apple, it has all the note, all the notes there. I'll have that there for them as well. Um, so those are really, you know, researching the company, you know, my, and not just the jobs themselves, but everything that you're about and going to the careers, it's careers, yeah, careers.southernglazers.com. Oh, Okay, so that's good to know. And it's G-L-A-Z-E-R-S, right? That's how yes, you spell it? correct. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so so I'm going to add a couple things. One, and I get this question a lot from coaching clients, is that, you know, what can I do? I can't, I'm not ready to make a move, but what can I do now to set myself up for when I'm ready to make the move? You know, my first would be WSET. Level one and level two is enough. You don't have to go on to level three. Anything right. is better than nothing. You know, it doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't require, but it's, if, again, if you want to be taken seriously, if you're lacking certain experience, this gives you, this overcomes a lot of those lack where you're lacking some qualifications. Mm -hmm. Also get online, like I mentioned, and do some research for the types of jobs you want. Look at what their qualifications are. You're going to start to see a common thread among the different companies and maybe that's where you focus some of your learning, you know, go on. I mean, listen, I go on YouTube all the time to learn anything, you know, go learn about how to make a sales call. And I mean, I learned how to do brain surgery on YouTube the other day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I did learn how to hook up my Nesta 
smoke detectors. Oh, I, <laughs> I had the same one. Yeah. I'm on there all the time. But anyway, but those are, you know, I think a couple of things to, and, and again, apply for the job you want. Don't yeah. not, don't hesitate. You never know. You could be the only one applying for it. So absolutely, just give it a shot. What, you have nothing to lose. You have a lot to lose by not applying, nothing to lose when you apply. So, well, Bailey, this has been inspiring, really totally inspiring. We covered so much ground, more than I expected to. Really excited about that. (laughs) So I want to thank you for your time, not just today, but in our little pre-planning session was very helpful. I will tell Bree that you said hello. I'll see her on Saturday. (laughs) Well, great. Well, seriously, Karen, thank you so much. Um, I was uh, thrilled uh, when, you know, you had reached out about having me on the podcast and I've had such a great time uh, speaking with you and, um, and sharing some past roles, I I would say with you and um, learning more about that you even had worked at Glaciers, right? Didn't know that. And so, um, yeah, so thank, thank you so much. And I'm very excited to be here and appreciate the opportunity. Well, I appreciate you being here. I want to thank the audience for hanging in there with us. This was a little long one, but it was good. I think everybody's going to wait right till the end and and listen all the way to the end. So I think that's great. Thanks, audience, for being loyal fans of the show. And if you have any suggestions for topics, uh, you can submit them. There's a place to submit them in the show notes. So give us a jingle and we will happily take your recommendations for as long as it's job focused. That's the only requirement here. It's got to be job and of course, wine industry focus. Okay, Bailey, thanks for inspiring all of us. And to the audience, I'll see you next time. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.